I'm Joe Feeks, editor of Poultry Health Today, and with me is Dr. Aaron Riley. He is a veterinarian at Sanderson Farms. Welcome to Poultry Health Today. Thank you, glad to be here. Lately, you've been devoting a lot of attention to coccidiosis in the broiler breeder side of the business. What are you seeing? Well, recently we have seen uh, a problem with Amiritanella, um, and uh, we don't, uh, we've used a, a coccidiosis vaccine alone uh, with, uh, and we'll temper uh, that with an amprolium treatment for two days. Um, and we've used that, for, that program for years, and we've had periods of, of good success and then periods where we have uh, more occurrence of, of the disease, more prevalence uh, in our, our program. I'd say over the last two years, we've had uh, sporadic yet frequent um, breaks of Imeritanella, and it, it, we know that it has a direct um, impact on our livability and uniformity. And these birds are going to uh, a, a broiler breeder house where uh, uniformity is very important and it's our most expensive uh, bird. Uh, so it has a large uh, economic impact on our business. Yeah, so you really need to pull out the stops for control. Um, and, and when you see these, these spikes in Tonella, have you figured out why? Well, if uh, it, it, sometimes we can explain why. Sometimes there's uh, maybe a glaring management issue. Other times uh, we can't pinpoint uh, the problem. Um, we do know that uh, through some studies, through OSIS program counts in the field, that uh, we get uh, we've, we've uh, experienced pretty high cycling in that uh, say 10 to 14 day window. And um, I, I personally believe it's, uh, it's a little too much uh, cycling on that young of a bird. Uh, and so uh, most recently we have uh, chosen to continue using the vaccination, but also uh, use an anticoccidial in the feed to help uh, control that level of exposure to our pullets. That's interesting because I know that bio-shuttle programs have become very popular uh, in, in broiler production, particularly when uh, an antibiotic is not involved, but you're using it in the broiler breeders. Yeah, correct. Yeah, so we've had a lot of experience doing this with broilers, and uh, we thought that it, it, we, we've tried uh, coccidia vaccine alone. We've, we've obviously done a lot of uh, ionophore and, and chemical alone, uh, but we have found when we use vaccine and we can add one of those in-feed anticoccidials uh, to control any excessive amounts of oocysts shedding, uh, we've had very uh, good luck with that. And so uh, we, we took it over to our broiler breeder replacement stock. So uh, you did a trial though to see if how well this is going to work. Could you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, we always uh, do. Uh, we start small before we go big, and uh, w because so many people have had experience using uh, ionophores and uh, chemicals in uh, broiler breeders, we felt like we could start at the farm level with paired house trials. So we started in the uh, March of 2017 in our Mississippi complex. Chose two farms where we did. Uh, two control and two test houses. Control would be our old program with coxie vaccine alone with uh, amprolium for two days. And then the test houses uh, were, we used the addition of Zoomix. So we, we chose the chemical Zoomix. It acts a, a lot like an ionophore and that allows some leakage. Um, and so we did those two trials and they turned out to, to do uh, very well. They were pretty equivalent. We know that uh, at first we did no harm and actually the BioShuttle program uh, may have looked a little better. Um, so it was, it was in the spring of 2017. We then went uh, to whole farms uh, where we moved over to North Carolina and started uh, doing our buyer shuttle program on whole farms and we had good success with that. Um, we did, along the way, we did OSIS program counts 
um, to make sure that we, we had a comfort level that we were getting enough cycling uh, when we added that anticoxidial uh, to the program. And it looked as if we, we were. Uh, and, and I think we, we have improved with the addition of the BioShuttle program. It's given us a little more control. And timing has got to be so critical because you don't want to kill the oocysts that are in the vaccine. That's right. And how do you determine the best timing for that? Well, uh, you know, I, I basically would, um, you have to look at when you're having clinical coccidiosis breaks and you have to put your, uh, your anticoccidial in the feed four to five days before that. Uh, because you're going to be too late if, if you don't do that. So uh, we were having um, outbreaks at uh, 12 days of age, very early. So that uh, we had to actually uh, start our our Zoomix program at, at eight days, eight and nine days of age. Um, so you run into some management problems, having to uh, take another load of feed to the farm, small load of feed, um, and, and so it adds some some more things to your management. Um, but yes, you, you have to know when you're having your clinical uh, breaks and you have to time it four to five days uh, before those happen. Now, I believe you said you use zoelene as, as part of the, the bio-shuttle program. Uh, at Sanderson Farms, of course, you've got the full toolbox because you, you still use antibiotics in your operation. Uh, so c could you, have, have you tried it with uh, other uh, ionophores, for example, or other non-ionophore anticoxidials? Uh, in, in one of our other complexes, actually in Texas, we're using selenomycin right now. And, uh, you know, there are other ionophores uh, that you can use. We wanted to use Zoomix because, uh, one, it acts like uh, uh, it's similar to an ionophore that allows some leakage, but we also wanted uh, some more options because uh, just like with our broiler programs, uh, we expect that we would have to uh, switch products periodically, and we just wanted to make sure that we had another option available in addition to ionophores. Now, you've made a couple of references to the, the, the leakage associated with Zoomix or Zoelene. Um, why is that important in, in, in terms of uh, trying to manage coccidiosis? Well, with any uh, disease, just like uh, it's, it's no different with coccidiosis, we want to make sure the bird uh, gets adequate exposure to the disease, but not overexposure where we create the, the disease. So uh, if, if we were to uh, shut down oocysts cycling, it would reduce uh, the bird's exposure and uh, very well would likely not allow the bird to get adequate immunity. And when they go to the, the breeder house, very well could be uh, exposed and succumb to uh, Tonella or other Imeria species if they're not uh, adequately uh, immunized. So it's a, it's a balancing act between getting enough oasis present uh, for immunity, but not overexposure. Okay, so it's not an ionophore, but acts like an ionophore is what you're saying? Correct. Okay, good. So what's next? Uh, do you feel like you have to raise the bar even higher, or are you content with your current program? It is an evolving process. Uh, we added this in-feed anticoxidial because we needed more control uh, now. Um, but uh, I, I still believe that there are things we can do to uh, improve our, our management and possibly go back to just vaccine alone. But um, with the variety uh, in housing and management across our entire company, Coccidia vaccine alone is not enough control. So uh, it is something that we're doing now but may not be doing you know, next year. So we'll have to see. And, and when you say that there wasn't enough control, was that seasonally, like when coccidiosis pressure is heavier in the winter, uh, do you find that maybe you can 
you can back off some of the, the bio shuttle programs in the summer, or is that just a good safety net for you at this point? Typically our problems happen in uh, late winter and early spring, so this could be a, a cyclical uh, thing that we do. Uh, it will just require more management and, and oversight, but uh, yes, in, in the warm months, we could look at uh, removing the in-feed anacoxidial. Okay. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experiences with that today. We've been talking to Aaron Riley. He is a veterinarian at Sanderson Farms. Again, thanks for coming by. Thank you, Joe.